ESPN. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Wish I was coming to you with some good news when it came to how the grains traded today. Some big drops once again seen in the soybean market. Add to it the corn and the wheat as well. A lot of factors that are being put into it. Even on the livestock side, you would think with grains being down, livestock might be up. And it was just the feeder cattle that saw some positives in the trade today. We're going to dive all into this today with Sue Martin. Sue is with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. So, got to start with these beans, Sue. I tell you, it would have been nice to see a little bit of positive action for these guys today. Well, I I will say this. Um, the bean market, first off, the, the surge that we got up to uh, 1784 um, and a half or 1784, that rally, uh, first off, came within 10 cents, 10 and three quarter cents of the all-time high, which was in 2012. So a 10-year base or spread between high to high. And and usually that will create a technical correction. But the other thing is on that rally, it was uh, sponsored by crude oil rallying like it was, the strength of it. And, of course, underneath all of it, also the strength in bean oil. But Malaysian palm oil on June 8th bit the dust as uh, exports were being via Indonesia, and Malaysia were starting to rise and supplies were plentiful because they hadn't been exporting. So consequently, Malaysian palm oil this week reached, um, I want to say it broke, well, coming into yesterday, I think it was down 29% just in price from uh, June 8th. So the weakness in Malaysian palm oil was rubbing off to weakness and selling in soy oil. And then the soy meal being on the flip side of product spreads, couldn't seem to muster up the strength to fight against that to try to help hold beans. So beans just cratered off of those highs. Now, I will also say, and I did talk about this on Market to Market when I was on two weeks ago, two weekends ago, um, about how the puts um, were increasing in open interest in uh, uh, basis the July uh, options and that puts were, you know, you could tell traders were buying a lot of puts. Smart thinking, I guess, on their part, hindsight's twenty twenty, but it was smart thinking because options expire tomorrow for the July futures straight across, whether it's corn, wheat, oats, you name it. But the other thing that was interesting was the fact that um, uh, with those puts being bought, they were flooring their prices in case the market did crater, they had themselves protected. If it went on higher, yes, those puts were kind of expensive, but they weren't paying a lot of time value. So um, that, too, was another cue. But in the meantime, the market is um, not getting help out of the products. Now, Reuters carried an article today that um, officials in Germany and Britain are planning to push world leaders to uh, enact temporary waivers on biofuel mandates at the upcoming G7 meeting to, in an effort to try to increase world food supplies such as corn. And so um, I don't know if that'll happen, but that too um, then was, you know, kind of because it would pull away some demand from the corn market. But also we know that um, uh, the corn had had a major wave four on Elliott Wave uh, through this rally. 
And interestingly, that rally put its highs in for the year thus far on uh, April 28th or 9th, the May futures. Last year, it was a May contract that also stuck the high for the year on that, um, I think it was May 12th. So what are the odds of a May high two years in a row rather than a July contract? It's going to be interesting to see if this holds. Weather in the meantime has uh, had a break in it. And the GFS model, of course, uh, you know, is today at midday is uh, following the same pattern it had this morning. Cooler temps uh, forecast all the way into Sunday. In fact, even from Sunday through much of next week. And uh, then there's also talk of chances of good rain into June 30th. Uh, but those rains are expected to be more so noted in North Dakota and Minnesota and then on up into Manitoba, Canada. So, you know, it's kind of interesting. Um, there's also talk of maybe some chances of rain in Kansas and Missouri and Illinois on July 2nd to the 3rd. But I will say this, the European model and the Canadian models do not agree with the GFS. And I will say the European and Canadians have been more accurate than the GFS model. So it's going to be interesting. But you take all of that mix, and that's what weighed on the futures here today. And, of course, when you have prices up, having made all-time or double tops against all-time highs from 2012 in corn, in beans, and in wheat, you know, the markets are, are going to um, uncover um, that long length. And what the market's mission might be is to try to garner some shorts into the market that'll sponsor. And then being in a weather market, I think the market will catch, turn, and then start to move higher. Now, I will also say, Susan, we have cycle window timing due next Tuesday. And so far, all the cycle windows we've had have come in as lows. This one appears like it's going to come in as a low as well. And then with the government report, the quarterly stocks report, and the acreage report due out on, uh, let's see here, the 30th, two days later, so that would be on Thursday, I would have to say the market's probably going to see short covering into that report. I wanted to get your thoughts, too, because, and we may have to jump into this into part two, but to start out with this holiday tax that's being talked about in Washington, D.C., how much do you see that weighing in on on these markets? Well, it's kind of interesting because, I hate to say it, I think it's a political ploy um, more than anything because of um, trying to garner votes for this year, but it's not going to do a whole lot. Uh, first off, um, I think it's 18.8 or something like that on corn per bushel, cents per bushel. More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the World Radio Network. At Fontenelle Hybrids, we hear a lot from our customers and dealers that we have a family feel to our organization. Just ask Doug Bartek, a Fontenelle dealer at Wahoo, Nebraska. I feel Fontenelle is very family-oriented. They care a great deal about their customers and provide updates on what could be occurring out in the field and what to watch out for. I feel fortunate to work with a great group of people who provide a quality product. For more on being part of the Fontenelle family, just go to Fontenelle.com. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directly. The Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continuing our conversation this afternoon with Sue Martin. Sue is with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. So we left off kind of talking about this whole gas holiday tax that was supposed to or could still happen yet this summer. And that led into kind of a talk of a recession. Could we or will there even be a recession when it comes to agriculture, Sue? 
Well, I tend to think not um, yet anyway. I feel like inflation has taken off, I, you know, and it's, and it's been kind of a surprise as to how fast it's taken off. But, you know, you look at agriculture, and we're not as high as other markets are. In other words, natural gas. Um, you know, they talk about the uh, destruction of wealth because of the stock market trying to break. Well, you know, we've seen that that destruction of wealth is kind of a fancy phrase uh, because we've seen that um, in other years. And, you know, when the stock market goes down or the Dow breaks, well, money's getting out of the Dow and into where is it going? I believe, into raw commodities. And in the raw commodities, yes, energy's been a key thing, but I think more than anything, it's heading into food. And food is tight and high-priced, um, not to mention it could still go higher. And I just think when you have a whole world sitting in this type of a situation where they're hand-to-mouth, I don't think that's the right environment to have um what do I want to say, a recession at this time. I'm not saying the rest of the country couldn't have a recession in the form of um, um, stocks and what have you, but I just have a feeling agriculture, if there was any place to be in this whole economic makeup, I would have to say agriculture's in the best spot. And they are paying high prices too. You know, you look at fertilizers and, and urea and you look at, and those prices have come down. But a lot of those um, suppliers have already paid high prices for what they're holding. Are they going to take a loss on that? No, they'll hold it and carry it over into the next season or when somebody wants it, and they'll charge the price that they paid for it. Are we going to continue to see wheat this week drop like it has? I think, what is it, the fourth consecutive day? We've seen losses out of Kansas City. Well, and corn, same thing. I think today is a fifth day down in a cyclical count and four days lower closes. Um, likewise, wheat, same thing. But you're in harvest, and regardless of hearing yields are not so great going through Kansas, um, the talk that they're supposed to catch some moisture and what have you, I think you're still seeing hedge pressure hitting the wheat market. And so, I, and then there's also talk that Turkey and uh, Russia are still trying to drum out talks of what they can do to open up a, a corridor for to move grain. I don't think anything's going to come out of that because Putin's just not going to give in unless he gets either A, sanctions dropped, or we have Zelensky caving in and saying, okay, we'll let you have, you know, the eastern side of our country and, you know, and, and um, you know, Croatia. Um, I don't think, I don't think, Zelensky's going to do that because it looks to me like Putin is uh, piecing apart, pulling apart parts of Ukraine, and he's done it on one side, and now he's doing it on the other side, leaves the middle, and that'll be the next one he'll come after. Switch over to the livestock side. Why are we not seeing some more positive trade on the livestock, especially with the continued drops we see in the grains? Well, first off, and there is a cold storage report due out this afternoon, um, but um, the cattle market has taken kind of a hit here in the fats, and it's partially due, one, the product remains soft, and you're into going in towards the, you know, once you get past the 4th of July, you're into a hot summer, you know, dog days of summer, however you want to call it, 
And usually if you have heat, that tends to slow demand for beef down a little bit. But the other thing is, is that we had, um, you know, cash markets not, you know, uh, higher than what the futures are. Um, maybe in the north, you know, for North Iowa, Nebraska, what have you, those uh, areas are looking at a better cash market. But you get down to Texas and Oklahoma, but especially in Texas, and the cash market just bites. There's a lot of cattle there. Uh, and, of course, the last two days, we've had deliveries come out uh, from Tulia in Texas. Um, you know, those cattle are, there's so many cattle that they're taking a hit on the cash. They're probably the low of the cash markets for bids by the packers. And they have to move those cattle to Amarillo or Dumas. So the trucking is expensive, and they're not getting as much on the cattle as they need to, and they have a huge supply of cattle in that area. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Sue? Well, our number is 1-800-527-0051, and uh, you have a great afternoon. Thanks so much. Sue Martin's been joining us today. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss that isn't suitable to all investors. That's today's Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all their local dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network.